This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast focused on your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. On today's episode of Health Dose, we'll be exploring common myths surrounding concussions. We're joined today by Dr. Jay Pinney. Dr. Pinney is the medical director of MidMichigan Health's WellSport program and is board certified in family and sports medicine. He provides sports injury evaluation, treatment, and preventative care to athletes of all levels and ages. We ask Dr. Pinney, does a concussion only happen with a blow to the head? That's a no, and concussions can happen with a blow to the head most commonly, but however they can occur really to a blow to any part of the body. For instance, suddenly sitting down and having that blow transmitted to the head can also cause that injury. So really it's any kind of trauma on the body when the result is your brain smashes against the side of your skull? That's correct. And that can occur with a hit anywhere to the body? That's right. What do you mean by a brain's energy metabolism changing? So the brain is an organ, and it's constantly working and requires energy to work and has a lot of different systems by which it generates and uses energy. In concussion, what we think happens really is those mechanisms get disrupted. Therefore, the brain starts to use energy actually at a very high rate. It uses up its energy, therefore is depleted and can't work as well. So we have to wait for those systems to get up and running again before the brain gets back to its best potential functioning. Is it a short-circuiting of the wiring in my brain? How does the metabolism inside the brain affect my ability to, to use my brain at all? So it is a disruption really of the metabolism, the ability to convert the energy into the processes, the thought processes, if you will, that the brain has to use to perform its everyday function. Is it a myth or a fact that dilated pupils are a sign of concussion? That truly is a myth for a couple reasons. First is that really 30% of us have pupils that are unequal in size. So one size a little bit different than the other and usually varies by about a millimeter. So a third of us have that just at baseline. Secondly, when we're excited or when adrenaline is going, our pupils dilate anyways. I think one of the most useful signs is if one pupil is significantly dilated and the other is significantly a different size, smaller size than that might be uh, helpful. However, that seems to be a very late finding in head injury, not a very good finding. So not something you're going to just pick up accidentally when the person's sitting there talking to you. Dilated pupils are more of an effective way of diagnosing the fight or flight syndrome? It is reflective of that, yes. So I've had that in radio. Correct. It's a normal process. hit me in radio. That's correct. Are diagnostic tests needed to determine if there's been a concussion? So that's really where we get into the problem is that there really is no one diagnostic test. Concussions are diagnosed by the situation that occurs and primarily the symptoms, maybe a few physical signs that occasionally will pick up, but mainly it's based on the situation and the resulting symptoms that occur. What kind of symptoms are you looking for when you're trying to diagnose a concussion? So there are a number of them, and I think that uh, probably one of the more common ones are headache, somewhat of an unsteadiness or dizziness feeling. I think the most common things players mention is that they feel like they're in a fog. They're just not really firing on all cylinders, if you will. But there may be some other things that are kind of esoteric. I mean, I knew a guy who got a concussion and he lost his sense of smell. Yep, that's a little bit more unusual and makes us worry a little bit more about some structural things occurring or other things, maybe a bruise to the brain or something else. But there are other things such as decreased ability to concentrate or remember, especially short-term memory, balance problems, disturbances of sleep where you have trouble falling asleep or have restless sleep. Do you want to talk about your own personal experience with this? (laughs) Yeah, Um, I actually uh, played in a football game uh, back in high school, opening kickoff, went down, was hit by a player. First thing I remember is that there were 12 minutes on the clock at the beginning of the game. The next thing I remember, there were four minutes left on the clock in the fourth quarter, and I was out playing defense. 
and I kind of started to ask people what's going on. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, what's going on? They said, well, you've been playing the whole game. What do you mean what's going on? So that's in a personal example, and I still have no recall of the game ever. It's just kind of gone. So that's an example of how I probably should not have been out there on the field had that been recognized earlier. That was oh, an interesting. How was your game? I played. I played really well. Played a really good game. I played offensive end. I caught a number of passes, and you know, <laughs> no goes recollection. to show you. you know? If I'm experiencing any of those symptoms, it's probably a good idea to see a doctor. Absolutely. The biggest thing to remember that a concussion is a brain injury and isn't to be messed around with. So if you're concerned at all that you've encountered a situation and you're having any symptoms like that, it's important to get evaluated and get evaluated soon. What's this business where if a person has a concussion, they need to be wakened every two to three hours and not allowed to sleep for long periods of time? Again, probably a myth over the years. And I think the most important thing is within the first two to four hours, there is a concern if somebody is gradually getting less conscious that there could be a more serious thing going on. And that needs that's an emergent thing. But after those first four hours, you should really allow the uh, person to rest because rest is one of those key elements in helping somebody start to recover from a concussion. Is it a myth or is it truth that all concussions have long-term health effects? That's a difficult question because there are really no great studies showing cause and effect. There are a number of concerning factors. The first is really an entity that we call CTE or chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And that's a group of symptoms that seem to occur later in life, although at very young age, in people that have had previous concussions or previous head injuries themselves. And those symptoms, such as depression, suicidal types of thoughts, different problems with memory and thinking, are also then correlated with some pathologic findings in the brain. Those pathologic findings are actually seen after the person dies, unfortunately, and that we don't have great testing for that while the person is alive as yet. So while concussions and CTEs may be related, they're not the same thing. Exactly. And there's no proof that concussion causes CTE. There's a concerning association right now. But again, there is no cause and effect that's been proven. I think people need to understand that because there's a lot in the news. There's a lot in the current literature on concerns about that. It is a concern, but really no proof. They seem to be related, but we really haven't figured out what it is. Correct. Is there a relationship between a concussion and other injuries I might sustain as an athlete? I think that's currently the research that's going on right now. I think we are seeing that, first of all, the memory and concentration ability of that athlete is impaired for a period of time while recovering, so they don't do well in retaining material in school. They don't take tests very well, and oftentimes I will actually give them an excuse not to take SAT tests or whatever or to put them off mm-hmm. until I'm comfortable they're recovered. The second interesting area are other musculoskeletal injuries, such as an injury to the knee or an ACL tear. There seems to be an increased incidence of those injuries, even up to six months post-concussion. So something's going on where even though they seem better symptomatically, that that brain may not actually be better for that three to six months following the concussion. Balance, reaction time, concentration, something? Right, exactly. And, and actually, in our evaluation at Wellsport, we do test balance each visit and really find that to steadily improve as that athlete improves. But balance is something that the athlete can't also fake for whatever reason they may want to fake. It's a very objective finding and seems to improve. Concentration ability, again, gradually improves post-concussion too. Reaction time, we actually do a test called a reaction stick that was developed at the University of Michigan where the athlete will try and grab a a stick as it falls. And there are some very standardized measurements that you can do. And to see that reaction time improve as the athlete improves post-concussion is really pretty remarkable. True or false, a concussion only occurs when a person loses consciousness. That's also false. Again, loss of consciousness occurs in probably less than 10% 
of the cases. And sometimes if you do lose consciousness and it's somewhat prolonged, greater than a minute, maybe that's a sign of a little bit more severe situation that needs to be evaluated sooner. However, really, most concussions don't result in loss of consciousness. Should children who've suffered a concussion avoid screen time? So screen time itself refers to time in front of your phone, in front of a tablet, in front of the TV or computers at school. And it comes up in concussion because it seems that early on in concussion, a lot of screen time and LED lights and stuff tend to make your symptoms a bit worse. It doesn't necessarily make the concussion worse, but maybe makes you feel worse. So we really talk about trying to limit screen time a bit, although there is no really data to show that that makes the concussion last longer. Does having a concussion place me at higher risk for future concussions? Right now, we have no data to show that that absolutely does. Each concussion is taken at its own face value, meaning that each concussion is separate. Each concussion gets better at a little bit different pace, depending on the individual and their other health problems, which may also affect getting better. When we talk about concussions, we're talking about, of course, football, but they can occur in basketball. They certainly occur in soccer, lacrosse, any of the sports where people bump into each other or can fall. And most times those people are being seen immediately by a trainer. At what point does that trainer or the coach or the parents or a combination of those people decide that a doctor needs to be involved? And do I always need to go to the hospital? I think you don't always need to go to the hospital immediately or the emergency room immediately. Probably the biggest sign of that would be if you have symptoms and they are worsening as those first two to four hours go. Those people should be seen. If you have a prolonged loss of consciousness, a minute or so, or if you have neck pain or just are really looking out of it and not answering questions, those people probably should be seen immediately. However, most trainers are trained to do some type of evaluation on the sideline to see, A, if they think it may be a concussion, or B, if there are warning signs that that player needs to be seen right away. And they can do at least their initial evaluation. It's very difficult for a layperson to make that decision. If you have somebody there and they're having any symptoms and they took a hit, or maybe you didn't even see a hit, or they're starting to have symptoms, those people should be kept out of competition until they're evaluated. In fact, it's the law in Michigan and majority of the other states that if you suspect a concussion, that player can't return that same day, nor can they return until they're given a clearance by a practitioner trained in the evaluation and management of concussions. That's board-certified family and sports medicine physician, Dr. Jay Penny. If you think you might be suffering from a concussion, MidMichigan's WellSport program provides sports injury evaluation and concussion management and has convenient locations in Bay City, Midland, and Mount Pleasant. For more information, go to midmichigan.org slash wellsport. As always, if you have health concerns, consult your health care provider. If you need help finding a health care provider, you can go to midmichigan.org slash doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Check back soon for another edition of Health Dose.